Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Health Conversations. Let's welcome our first guest, uh, talking, working together to fight the triple threat of HIV, TB and COVID-19. Our guest, Salam Sida. Thank you very much for joining us, Salam. Oh, Salma, Salma, excuse me for that. (laughs) How are you, Salma? I'm well, Patricia. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. I think we're talking about something that's quite pertinent uh, for us as South Africans. COVID-19 has taken this the center stage, and understandably so. But uh, within COVID-19, we are still uh, battling with uh, HIV and TB. So how do we start off and have a conversation uh, about COVID without considering uh, the plight of HIV and TB in our country? Absolutely. And I think, you know, a very good question, Patricia. Uh, We have been uh, sort of as South Africa dealing with the HIV, AIDS and TB challenge for a very long time now. You know, if you think about um, in South Africa, we have about 7.8 million adults and children that are living with um, HIV, uh, which you know, which puts into perspective the type of work that we do and certainly why World AIDS Day is um, is so important for South Africa. And then we have this additional challenge of uh, the COVID pandemic. Um, so, so really, you know, for us facing uh, this, this uh, triple threat, as you say, um, which places such a, a further burden on our healthcare system and... Um, and we really have to think creatively around how, you know, we we work through that and, and what is it that we need to be putting in place, which is what we've been doing with um, USAID and the South African Department of Health uh, definitely for the past two years. Well, uh, Salma, please do talk to us about uh, the initiative that you and uh, the Department of Health and the UNAIDS have uh, worked together. What are the sort of initiatives? Because, I mean, you're saying for the past two years you've been working on some um, initiatives, but COVID-19 has really hit us in those past two years. So maybe do come in and let us know. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the challenges we've had is that... um, with the various uh, lockdowns and uh, the waves that we've had in the country, uh, we have had uh, quite a dip um, in our HIV treatment uh, targets. So, if you know from the National Department of Health, what we do know is that HIV testing came down by around 46%, and new patients who we you know we would like to get started on ARVs as soon as possible that dipped by around 35%. Um, and what we did find was that you know, there was a marked reduction in people seeking primary health care uh, during the pandemic, um, and especially HIV testing. Uh, if we looked at our supported facilities where we work with the Department of Health, our foot traffic dropped by about 55% during lockdown when we started you know, in March 2020. And from November 2021, uh, the foot traffic is just at around 70% of pre-pandemic levels. Um, so we have seen, you know, quite a quite a drop, which does, as I said, you know, try to really think about what are the creative ways we can now get to these patients who need um, access to treatment. So we focused, uh, you know, working with Department of Health um, on 
on how we can increase index testing in the communities. Um, so that's very similar to uh, contact tracing to, for COVID, where we test for the contacts of HIV-positive people. Uh, we looked at offering um, extended hours of service for clients to access treatment at the facilities that we have. Um, that's with the Department of Health. And then enrolling um, patients who are fairly stable onto specific medicine collection programs like your uh, central chronic medicine dispensing and uh, distribution program, which is a, a mechanism that facilitates access to medicine for stable patients. So your pickup points for medication are closer to your homes uh, or workplaces, which results in easier access and reduce transport costs, you know, which is one of the key inhibitors of people seeking um, medical uh, treatment in South Africa. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, really kind of understanding the community and then shaping interventions that suit the community. And I think that's one of the ways in which um, South Africa has been especially innovative. And I'm glad that uh, there's so many initiatives that you have worked on in assisting uh, those with HIV and those with TB, um, especially because when COVID hit, it seemed like there was no spotlight that was being shone upon them. Let's talk about, you know, how you've mentioned that you've really tried to make sure that people are still testing, uh, people are still Mm -hmm. compliant with their medication. But during the hard lockdown last year, I can only imagine how many people defaulted when it comes to taking their medication due to the fear of going to public places, uh, due to the fear of just entering into a clinic, and and that caused a bit of hesitancy for people to go and take their HIV and TB medication. So what initiatives have been done for those people who have not been compliant with their um, medication between then and now? So, um, you know, that is, is a, I think, one of the issues, the main issue that we deal with, because if you think about the UNAIDS 90-90-90 targets, your first 90 is around testing, the second 90 is around HIV treatment and care, and then the, the third 90 is around viral suppression. We've been fairly good with the first and the third 90, and it's the second 90 where we retain people on care and um, and treatment that we have really had, you know, struggled. And obviously during COVID, that um, that actually uh, decreased quite significantly. So, I mean, one of the, the innovative ways is we use uh, technology actually to um, to to use uh, its predictive modeling that identifies a patient who is most likely to stop coming for treatment or what do we what we call loss to follow up. Um, and then it means that it gives our healthcare uh, workers and staff the ability to then really target those patients to ensure that we give them the extra attention that we need to retain them on care. Um, and that's, you know, that's quite an interesting and innovative way of really using data insights and analytics to help our health leaders and health workers uh, to figure out the best actions to take, you know, in circumstances like we've had with COVID. So, the one, th- you know, the, the main thing has been around um, community-based initiatives, and then of course around um, how we, the role that technology can can actually play in improving HIV care and treatment. 
absolutely wonderful initiatives and I think it's something we need to continue to do. Now, this uh, triple threat of COVID-19, TB and HIV places further burden on uh, HIV treatment in South Africa. Are we still getting Mm -hmm. enough uh, funding and financing into the treatment of HIV and TB or is all the funding going towards uh, COVID-19? So I think, you know, we've been uh, very, very fortunate to have really strong public-private partnerships uh, that focus specifically on um, HIV-AIDS. So I did mention the collaboration with the um, United States Agency for uh, um, International Development, USAID, um, as part of the United States President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. Um, And they do specific funding for HIV and TB care uh, treatment programs. Um, And then, you know, that is designed specifically to provide the support and help to the Department of Health. And so when you look at, you know, um, them plus Department of Health and ourselves as Broadreach working together, um, it's those type of initiatives that have really made sure that while we have as a, as a country and as a world really focused on the threat of COVID, that we haven't taken our foot off the accelerator uh, for HIV AIDS as well. So I think that makes a huge difference is having those kind of really strong partnerships in place. Mm. And I'm glad that there are such strong partnerships. So those who are HIV positive or who have TB can still get their medication and obviously uh, be encouraged to to vaccinate because of, uh, you know, uh, their immune systems not being that strong. Is this the message you're also driving forward uh, with your organization that those who are HIV positive and have TB should be vaccinating? Um, we do look, you know, we do encourage vaccination um, and, you know, we do, for anyone who has HIV AIDS, the, the messaging is that if you are in a space um, with, you know, through through interaction with your healthcare provider, etc., and you are quite valid to get the vaccination, then please do, you know, any kind of um any kind of, of assistance that you can get in making sure that you are not dealing with HIV AIDS and then COVID on top of it um, will really work in your favour. So that's the messaging that we do give to our patients as well, is to please, you know, look at your health holistically and what is the best option for you. And we equip them with information and, you know, whatever they need to make that right choice. There's some great news around the success stories when it comes to HIV. Can you tell us about that broad reach, um, you know, campaign that you took to the Ugu district in Wazulu Natal? Absolutely. So, so we support Ugu district in KwaZulu Natal, and it was actually the first district in the country to reach um, its UNAIDS uh, 1990-90 HIV treatment targets in 2019. And um, once again, you know that is through partnering closely with the local departments of health and really understanding what are the drivers of the communities that we support. So you know, working on campaigns to find new cases by working with existing patients to test their families and intimate partners, um, you know, actively driving the DREAMS program that supports adolescent girls and young women because they typically have increased vulnerability um, towards uh, new infections. And then we work, you know, working with um, 
other vulnerable populations such as men who typically don't like to seek medical care, um, sex workers, uh, transgender people, um, and really looking at how we can bring you know people into care. And and we were very excited. Uzu District uh, was the first one to reach those targets in 2019, and it was a big moment for the country. An absolute big moment, I'm sure. And how can we make sure that we get such great uh, stories around the country? Um, and I think it's it's just about people, you know, working together, um, really focusing on on their health, um, collaborating as we did with uh, USID and the Department of Health to really tackle these threats that we're focusing on, um, and then you know just for a general. Uh, anyone in, in the public is, is go and get tested, you know, know what your status is, uh, know what to deal with uh, once you have your status, you know, if you are HIV positive, um, go on to treatment. And one of the biggest things that we do need to focus on as well is to um, to really work on the stigma. It's been many years that we've, you know, we've been uh, working in with HIV AIDS, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to remove the stigma of HIV AIDS. A lot of work, and I think one of the things that could help us in improving tre- treatment and care for HIV would be technology. Um, how can we best use technology? Um, and so it really is around the the data insights. So. You know, with the Department of Health, they have um, amazing data collection, and it's about using the right analytics, um, you know, artificial intelligence, etc., to to shape the data in a way that gives us um, the insights that we need to make better decisions for the country as a whole. Um, and there's a lot of innovation that's happening in that space, and I think you know. Um, Definitely this week we've realized just how advanced South Africa is in terms of what we are capable of when we look at it in comparison to to the globe, right? Um, you know, we, we have amazing genome sequencing. We have um, fantastic labs, and we're able to actually make such a difference. And all of that has come back from, you know, has come from the amazing work that we've done in HIV AIDS, which has helped us to become this advanced. So I think South Africa plays such a strong role in in the world in terms of what we can offer from a healthcare perspective. And now on that note, I want to thank you so very much, Salma, for the work that you're doing at Broadreach and also the partners internationally and locally alongside with our local, our um, government uh, department of health that you are putting together to ensuring that we don't have a triple threat, but everyone who needs treatment, who needs vaccinations, uh, who needs knowledge and access to treatment is getting it. Thank you so very much, Salma. Thank you, Patricia.